Randy Young provides us with that glimmer of hope. Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey, Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, We went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, Just uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, Whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even Even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now join the patreon and join uh join a great fantasy football group but more like a fantasy football family what's happening guys happy wednesday and welcome to the dynasty war zone the people's dynasty podcast on today's show we are going to be talking about red flags that's right 2022 Dynasty rookie red flags, but I'll tell you who's never been a red flag, at least not for me. It is my co-host. It is the man of the hour and the man with the power, Jerry Sinclair. What's up, buddy? How are you? Randall, I am doing absolutely exquisite. Uh, It's good to hear that you don't think I have any red flags, at least that you'll tell the people. No, 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 no. I didn't say you didn't have any red flags. I said that I've never seen you as a red flag. There's a difference. Because I could ask Mrs. Jerry uh, if, if she thought you had any red flags. But but Jerry, when I when I say the term red flag, what, what, what comes to mind? Uh, something of alarm. Okay, okay. That, that, that's not bad. You know, when, when I think of red flags, this is probably the wrong way to go about it. But I, I, I think back to those uh, those single Memphis days when when uh, Mrs. Memphis was not part of my my life, and I was a man about these uh, these Indianapolis streets, and you know, you you would probably be in, a, in an adult establishment. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe a tavern, maybe a club, you and everything in between, a, a, a flop house. You, you never really know. And and there there she or he is, whatever you're into. I'm do your thing, and, and there they are. You look across the, the facility, and, and they've got all the red flags. Maybe you're from a small town. Maybe you know them. Maybe you know their backstory. And they just look like uh, like like child support and, uh, you know, your tax checks going that way every single year. You know that, 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 that it's, uh, it's, it's not going to be long-term success. But you ever looked across the no, – again, take yourself back – you ever looked across the bar and seen one and just thought to yourself, man, this one's trouble, but I can't say no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, more than one occasion, I'm like, how am I going to chew my leg off to get out of this trap? But I'm going to find out. And, and, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. There are so many rookies in this class that have red flags. I agree. 
you know, it, from the quarterbacks, which I think the quarterback class has the most red flags, followed closely by the, the running back group. I, I don't know that the tight ends have any red flags. As much as, they, any flags at all. as much as they may not have any flags at all, and I think the least amount of flags in this group, but we're going to talk about that group as well as the wide receivers. So some rookie red flags. We are going to get Dr. Kyle. We reached out to Kyle um, Bowser at DWZ underscore Dr. PT. He was going to co- cover some of their medical red flags. He may wind up jumping on with Dallas for next Monday's rookie rundown. Because that's part of, I mean, I don't know about you, Jerry, but but what do you take into consideration from a, a previous medical history when when drafting these guys? You know, you got Traylon Burks with a, a previous knee issue and some weight issues. You've got um, Jamison Williams coming off of the ACL. So what do you do with medical red flags and why is Dr. Kyle going to be a great resource to us and our listeners next week? Well, he's going to be a great resource because I know absolutely diddly dick about anything that a medical professional does. Uh, and he did you not stay in a uh, Holiday Inn Express last night? Yeah, I. You know what? I it was not an express, which is why I am uneducated enough to ascertain proper information for those types of things. So that's that's why we keep him around. And he's a handsome son of a gun. Got a great Instagram. Going to going to walking around New York City. Really a good follow. Um, good guy too. But Dr. Kyle, he is the man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't ignore injuries. Like, as much as we sometimes like to stuff them under the rug, they exist. They are a big part of our game. There are lots of people who lose fantasy championships every single year because their star player is not missing or is not playing. Excuse me. There was a lot of teams who were in first place through the first seven or eight weeks of the season. And the moment Derrick Henry went down, their teams went down with him. And some of them made the playoffs and survived it. Others didn't. Uh, so it, it's definitely the, something we need to pay attention to, which is why Kyle's there. That's why you have smart people to to offset the morons like at Jerry Sin DWZ. Yeah. So Dr. Kyle, we're going to get him on. And then not next week, but the fall. Can you believe the draft? So as you're listening to this, the draft is 15 days away. The NFL draft. And Jerry, can you believe that we're this close to the the NFL rookie draft? It's going to be glorious. It is. Honestly, it's probably the most glorious of all times. Every single year for dynasty players. It's the most time consuming because usually we have numerous going on at the same time. Also easily the most fun and easily the most interactive that this entire community is between that and Scott Fishbowl day one draft. It's like everybody is talking about the exact same stuff that we all love. So yes, I am excited. Blood is flowing to all the right places. I'll just say that. Yeah, I I would uh, agree. And I would say that this is a great opportunity for you to get some trades done in your, in your rookie drafts. If you know, I think this is one of the bigger pockets of trade action you're going to see, especially if you're in a, a much more tenured draft. Like Jerry and I have been playing forever, and in some of our leagues that were at one time probably the most hype leagues that that we played in with trades nonstop, um, it's really dried up, and I think you get a consolidated pocket uh, of of draft action. So that's certainly going to be. 
uh, so, some big stuff. But yeah, so the, the week of the draft, we're going to be doing some collective super shows with the guys from Toilets to Titles. We're going to be doing, um, basically, you'll have to be subscribed or tuned into both shows and podcast. We're going to do a chapter one with the DWZ crew, and then we're going to do some with those guys. We're going to do like a mock draft, and then we're going to reconvene on Wednesday to give some last-minute prop bets. So we've got some uh, some big stuff coming up there, Jer. Listen, big big times call for big stuff. That's what I will say, my friend. Absolutely. And you'll want to make sure you're subscribed over at the Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel. I'll just make it real easy for you. Find the Dynasty Warzone and subscribe everywhere. Literally just everywhere. Go to Dynasty Warzone, subscribe everywhere, and you will not miss anything. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Pods, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. You'll get it all. And it's a great way to support the show, Jerry. Look at that. It's, it's, it is amazing. So go to all those platforms. If you're listening on a podcast, leave us a review. And uh, that's how you can help me and this man out. It's so easy. It costs like $0. And like if you're listening to this show, which you are, because you can hear the docile tones of Mr. Randall Young and myself currently, you clearly will spend an hour listening to us rambling about this kind of stuff. We just ask for 13 seconds to just five star or nice job, guys. And that's all we need. That's all that we need. Go to iTunes. Go to wherever you're listening. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. Help your boys out. And uh, let's get into this, Jerry. Let's let's talk about I don't, We don't have a good people, bad tweets. Good, but I good do, for I, them, though. Good, you know what? I think after last week, was it FF Daddy? Yeah. FFL Daddy, Daddy F, whatever. That, that, like that whole persona is gone. Not only did we take care of that tweet, I think we took care of that account. So for this week, for this week, we're not going to rain fire on, on anyone's head. But I do have a story. Jerry, do you know who Ben Volan is? I do not. Now, Ben Volan is a, a columnist for the Boston Globe. Um, pretty reputable guy. He works at the Boston Globe. He works at NBC uh, Sports Boston. And has been covering Boston sports for a long time. Now, he came out with a report that it had been concocted during the offseason that Tom Brady was going to go to the Miami Dolphins with some sort of an ownership stake. With him was going to be head coach Sean Payton and then the Brian Flores lawsuit against the Dolphins and the allegations against the owner, Stephen Ross, about offering him a hundred grand per game to tank came out. And that caused all of this to fall through. Ultimately, Brady winds up causing uh, Bruce Arians to go up to the front office for the Buccaneers. He comes back to the Buccaneers. But Jerry, when I unveiled this story to you just prior to this podcast going live, what were your thoughts? I don't know. It seems like a bit of a stretch to me, if I could say any. Like, I, I do think that Tom Brady has the power to do something like that. I, I don't know. That just, it seems a little suspect. But, you know, we, t- we talked a little bit beforehand, and I didn't want to tell you my opinion. But you have a different take about what this situation means. And it does sort of build upon something that you like to talk about. So enlighten the folks. 
Well, I'm I'm already prepared to be called a hater, as I as it so as it so can be, but I I think this is just another uh, negative indicator for Tua. This tells me that whether it's Deshaun Watson or Tom Brady, I think that the owner of the Miami Dolphins and somewhat the GM Chris Greer, it tells me that they're not all in on Tua. They have continued, and, 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 and in fairness, can, can you blame them for wanting to kick the tires on Tom Brady? I get it. You know, Steve, of course. Stephen Ross, Michigan man, by the way. So yeah. they, do have, they do have ties beyond just uh, pro football. So I, I, I kind of get all that. But, but my question to you before we hit the record button is how well does Tua have to play? What does Tua have to do in 2022 to convince the owner, and most importantly the owner, but convince the owner he is the guy long-term? What's going to stop him from being the next Jameis Winston, the next Marcus uh, Mariota, the next Jared Goff, the Carson Wentz, the guy who – just bounces around and around and around and uh, d- doesn't ever really, you know, become the guy, I guess. Listen, the NFL is telling us that with every single name that you just mentioned, because that wasn't one, a sample size of one guy, that's multiple guys. And we're going to add people like Baker Mayfield to that equation pretty damn soon. So d- does he have to win? Yeah. You're damn right he does. And like we said before we recorded, you said, you know, stats are irrelevant. You know, we we saw Jameson, Jameis Winston throw 30 touchdowns, have 5,000 yards. They didn't win. And he made detrimental mistakes to them winning, which is why he was gone immediately following that sort of situation. You know, we we play a fantasy game, so we liked it. And we haven't seen that from Tua, which is a red flag for dynasty players for Tua, not so much his ability to not continue playing, but I I'm with you. It, it It's, it's the J it's, it's weird because I am a bit of a believer in Tua. You know, we have had this conversation before, but yet I'm not a believer in Jalen hurts and they are very similar and in similar situations, even though Jalen hurts is actually a better fantasy asset. I do think Tua is a better NFL quarterback, but you got to win. Because if you're not a starting quarterback, I don't give a absolute hell how good of a prospect you were, where you went to school, and what you did in college, and where you got drafted. Because none of it is uh, none of it is relevant if you're not starting. So what does he have to do, Randy? He's got to win. He's got to get to the playoffs. He's got to. I mean, you're not you're not going to win that division, but you need to be a challenge of for that division into deep December. Like it, it, you need you need to prove you need to take a major step. What, what, what say you? Like, what what does he have to do? Like, does he have to win ten games? He has to make the playoffs. I I, I will I will tell you that. And, and more importantly, he has to be a, a large part of the reason why they make the playoffs. I mean, let's be honest. The L.A. Rams got rid of Jared Goff after he got them to a Super Bowl. The Cleveland Browns couldn't wait to get rid of Baker Mayfield. And he got them to the playoffs and won a playoff game, I believe, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And and they're shuffling that some bitch out of town. Yeah. I got news for you. And, and Tua has the very poor distinction of being in a conference with Justin Herbert, with Lamar Jackson, with Joe Burrow, with Patrick Mahomes, 
I mean, just dealt a bad hand. But what we do here is dynasty fantasy football. So for me, if I can get out for, I don't know, if I can get out for someone comparable, what would you want for Tua? If you were gonna, uh, you, you like him more than me. Yeah, you're you, asking the wrong guy. Like, like I'm taking him over every quarterback in this class pretty damn easily. I, I think the one thing that's oh, that, in that we are going to agree on, by the way. Yeah, I, I just I think the one thing that is in his favor, it is like James said in the chat that there are a lot of bad teams that have multiple 2023 first round picks. So the Dolphins are not going to have the ability to move up to take one. Well, they'll have the ability, but they'll be in a bidding war. It's going to come down to where those firsts are because they'll have two. Uh, Seattle will have two. And and the Lions. The Lions. I think think Tua is good enough to have them not in that situation. Even if he's not, you know, a world beater, maybe not the long-term guy, I I think it's going to be tough for them to lose enough games to be in that situation. And we don't have the free agent quarterbacks that we had this year. We don't have Russell Wilson. We don't have Aaron Rodgers. We don't have Deshaun Watson. Maybe but you, but you don't know that yet. If, 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 I, if I, I, I mean, you, I, guess, I guess you're right. But if I was told told you a year ago that Russell Wilson was going to be a Bronco, um, you, you you know, if, if I'd have told you a year ago that Cleveland was throwing Baker Mayfield to the Wolves at the end of the season, you'd have told me I was full of shit. You'd have been like, you hey, but I would have known Deshaun Watson the, was it was available and, it, and Aaron Rodgers. And it's different because Baker this time last year had just won a playoff game and actually played pretty well in Kansas City against the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah. Fair, fair, I, fair. I'm just saying that that if you can get out of Tua, maybe can you get out of the Tua business and get into something? Like if I could get – you think you could get Kirk Cousins plus a little bit for Tua? Yeah, 100%. Hundred percent. So I, I I would be looking I'd be looking to get into Kirk Cousins. It does it doesn't feel sexy. No, yeah I, I think it depends on your situation. Here's the problem though with that strategy is if you have Tua, you're probably not a contender because he hasn't helped you win. So it, it, I mean maybe getting Kirk Cousins can be the guy that gets you over the top, but. Yeah, a fair point. I just wanted to bring it up as a news story since we didn't have good people. Bad tweets, and you—you you know what? Good people, bad tweets is normally brought to you by. What is that? Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And I jumped on tonight. I recorded a little fifteen-minute pod for him. I'm going to have one of our patrons on with me tomorrow night. We're going to do a DWZ Memphis contractor where they bring their roster they want me to look at with them. We're going to cover it as a podcast for our fellow patrons. And uh, a lot of good stuff over there, Jerry. Jerry, you you ever want to come on and have me look at your roster? I mean, I've seen some of your rosters. Okay. I, I feel like that was a little bit of shots fired. It's fine. It's all right. Listen, we've talked about it. We, we've talked about doing one of my rebuild shows. Um, and I think it is something – or rebuild teams. Nice, Jerry, you idiot. I think it is something I would like to do because it's not something that you, you like to do. So I would like to uh, – Oh, well, well, pick, actually, I, I love to do it. You know, that that was kind of the genesis of the patron. Uh, back in the day, I was doing the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor yep. with our buddy Tyler Gunther. And, you know, pe- people really like that as a service. People want you to sit down with them. And they're part of the show. 
forget the fact that they're getting help. That's part of the patron, whether you're on the show or not. We know we'll help you with your rosters. We'll help you with your lineups. We'll help you with your trades. We'll help you with all of that. You'll you'll be in the group chat, the wisdom of crowds, if you will, aka the collective IQ. But people also just like being part of a community. I think that more than anything is the reason to check out the Patreon. Would you agree? I agree. I, I think are, we have we are a a twenty four seven service and resource. Not even just for knowledge or fantasy, just fun. Yeah, that is the word. Community is the word. It's a great group of ladies and gents. It's not super expensive. You can head over to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone, and uh, you can see what it's all about. Five bucks a month. Easy peasy. And if you hate it, be done after a month. I ain't mad at you. I get it. There you go. You sign up, you come in, you're like, eh, not for me. Okay. Wish you well. Thanks for stopping by. We appreciate you. And we'll catch you down the road. You can come right back to this uh, this this here regular podcast. But if you're looking to get a little bit more out of your Dynasty content and your Dynasty League, head over to patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. All right, Jerry, let's get into it. Red flags. Okay. So, Jerry, you're, you're looking across that smoky bar. Um, now, now, in this case, it's a football player. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's not a young lady. Um, she's not giving you um, the eye. But but there's a player out there. There is a player out there that has the red flags, and you're going to ignore them. You're going to be like, red flags be damned. I don't care. I'm in. I'm all the way in, and I'm going for it. Who is that rookie for you? Now, this is all dependent upon draft capital, this whole entire show. So let me just put that caveat out there. Uh, I think mine is Christian Watson. I mean, I've talked about him a ton. I don't think he's going to get super early draft capital. And I think a bunch of guys will get a bunch of hype right after the draft and he will slip a little bit. And while I am not a huge fan of second round picks, I think I will have a lot of Christian Watson in that in that scenario. Um, but like, what are the red flags? For one, he played at North Dakota State. Two, he was not highly productive at North Dakota State. So, so it exists. But for whatever it is, you know, if he gets second round draft capital, I am almost certainly going to draft him higher than most people. And I, I understand the the trepidations from those, but I that's my man's. You know, I, I now, see him now, across the bar, and he's giving me the eye, Randy. Now, now, how, now, what round would he have to go get drafted in, or what team would he have to be drafted to for you to uh, have a change of heart? Uh, I, I mean, it would have to be somebody that already has a stud or something. Like, if he goes to, like, Buffalo or something. Like, I don't, I don't think they're going to be in the situation where they take one. Don't get me wrong. But if it was somewhere like that, I would, no, thank you. And so, so that would be the team, um, and then draft capital. What, what if he got like fourth round? Uh, no, I don't want to open no, no, up no, an no, old. No, I don't no, want to no. open up an old wound, but like an Hakeem Butler. Hakeem Butler, yeah. That no, I learned my lesson. Hakeem Butler taught me a lesson. I don't care if Kenneth Walker got drafted in the fourth round. I would not take Kenneth Walker, and I almost have Walker with a nine tattooed on my back. I'm getting close. Uh, uh, no, that that lesson I have learned that lesson. No, thank you. Uh, I mean, speaking of red flags, I mean, Jerry had Kenneth Walker in his life for one year, and this 
this man's talking <laughs> tattoos. Uh, now, if you are not tuned into the YouTube channel, as uh, you can tell by your boy here, I'm 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 not afraid to uh, to get inked up, if you will. But I, I'm going to tell you the ultimate red flag is less than 12 months of commitment, and, and we're going straight to ink. I mean, you do you. I'm just telling you that that in I, and of I, itself. I don't, I don't have any. T- I'm too scrawny. If I if I was if I was cut like old like Mr. Young is here, I would probably have some more tattoos. No, but, you know this was you know we we tried to get Dallas on this show. Um, and, and, you know, he's, he's driving across the country. Um, so he couldn't make it, but one of the things that he said for his red flags was Christian Watson, uh, based on, based on his, uh, college and college and pure projection based profiles, what he said. So sort, sort of the same things that I, I, I mentioned as to why someone would be, you know, trepidatious about him because he wasn't, he, you know, I think he only had seven or 800 yards and like 40 catches, He's like he's like what DJ Chark was as a prospect, which is you know may, maybe when I take him, that's what I'm thinking of because I sort of like DJ Chark. He was a big guy, he was fast. If he ends up in a good situation, I'll like him just like I did DJ Chark. Not going to go crazy, don't get me wrong, but definitely my guy. He's going to be the guy I take shots on, Randall. So, so even even though he's got a uh, e- even though he's got like. Uh... I don't know. I don't. I don't want to even say anything disparaging, like uh, like in in comparison. But even though he's got all the red flags, you're still going to draft him at value, maybe even a little early because that's your guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I see him winking. Who's winking at you, Randy? <sighs> this is going to sound bad. It's Isaiah Spiller. Okay. I, I mean, very similar. I, I I hate to be on the fence. You know, a bold take. Uh, Draft capital will go a long way towards cementing this for me. True. If he if he go because hell even Darrington Evans went on day two of the NFL draft. Remember he went like on Friday night and all of a sudden Twitter was ablaze about how he was going to come in and he was going to Demarco Murray, Derrick Henry, and that that yeah. just didn't really happen. No. I'll, I'll tell you, I I know he's a a suboptimal athlete. Um, I mean, if you go to playerprofiler.com, Jerry, you ever go to Player Profiler? Yeah, from time to time. You know, I, don't, little, I, I don't like to overreact to it as much, but. Well, I'm not. You know those little bars that go up and yes. down? Yeah. So, so, like, his barely move. So, so, it's kind of like a live interactive thing. Like, you go to some of the guys and, like, the bars go really high. You want to see one like that, pull up, like, Noah Fant or pull up uh, Mike Gusecki. Because for the tight end position, those guys are incredible athletes. You don't get that when you pull up Isaiah Spiller, man. The guy ran a 4.69.40, which is in the 20th percentile. Not good. Not a good speed score. Not a good burst score. But, Jerry, you you know what has me in? What's that? I love the size. I love the age. Six foot tall, 220 pounds. Not even 21 years old. He's he's 20 and a half right now. So he, he can't even buy beer. He can't even gamble in states where it's legal. But you know what the guy does have? What's he got? 29 receptions as a true freshman. Yeah, that's pretty good. 20, 20 receptions as a sophomore. And then this past year, he had 25 receptions. He's averaged just a shade under 200 receiving yards. A, a season in college. That's what that's what I'm looking for because most of the time when you get when you get that those receiving backs in the NFL, 
why do they always have to have like a James White? Or remember last year it was JV and Hawkins. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean the, those little small. Uh, this this year it's Kyron Williams. You get these small sub two hundred pounds scat backs. That's not this dude, right? He's six foot tall. He's two twenty. He can catch the ball. And I don't think you have to be a super athlete to play running back in the NFL. It sure as hell helps. And I would love to see some draft capital for this guy, but. Am I overlooking too many? I mean, hell, he had almost a 10% target share this year. It's pretty damn good for a running back. Am I doing myself a disservice by ignoring the athletic red flags on this guy's tape? Believe it or not, Randy, I prepared for this show, and I wrote down multiple names of people that I wanted, just in the event that you would go first and take my guy. So one was Christian Watson. The other was George Pickens, because that's, I mean, that's my guy, and he's definitely got red flags. The other guy I said was Isaiah Spiller. Because I feel like going into the season, it was, going into last college season, I should say, it was him and it was Brees Hall. And then Kenneth Walker decided to let his ding-ding flop around, and and he put himself on the platform. And he, he came into that category. And then the combine just crushed any hopes of Isaiah Spiller. It, there was talks of him being RB1, there was talks of RB2, RB3, but it was that tier, and it was a safe tier. It, it made everybody feel warm and fuzzy that they knew they could get one of those running backs, and the moment he ran that 40, it just fell apart. I you mean, know, I'm not going to say it was Dalvin Cook-esque with the bad three cone, but sort of similar. What you got? I was going to say, you know who else ran a four? Now, now in fairness... Spiller ran the four six four at his pro day, but you you know who else ran the four six? Who? James Robinson. I mean, right. and and you know the the James Robinson pretty good pass catcher. Yeah, you know he had thirty one catches as a uh, as a, uh, a sophomore and forty nine catches as a rookie. So th- this is there there is upside. I, I think Isaiah Spiller. It, this is go. You, can I give you a bold prediction early? Yeah. Oh yeah. Isaiah Spiller, after the NFL draft, is going to be the guy whose rookie draft stock rebounds the most. I agree. My prediction is going to be is if he gets day two. So what is that? Round three goes through like the top 90 picks. Yep. If he's drafted on day three, if he's drafted on day three, he will rebound into the top five picks. Of day your two, one. within day two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so like I said, okay. if, if an NFL team, especially an NFL team that we deem to be a good spot, like Atlanta or like Seattle oh, yeah. Yeah. or or, or a, a Houston, you know, they only have Marlon Mack and a bunch of like old men there. If he goes to a spot we deem good as a dynasty collective, you know, universe, and he gets day two draft capital, his – Dynasty stock in a one QB will be top five to six. I agree. He he I will agree. leap he will leapfrog all but a couple of the wide receivers. I mean, and he's a running back, which will always that's my point. That, like that'll always make somebody's value increase. And the, and the thing that's on his side is, you know, say what you want about Kenneth Walker, he did it against the Big Ten, and there are some good defenses in the Big Ten. Don't get me wrong, but the offenses in general are boring, which sort of boosts those defensive numbers. Brees Hall did it against the Big 12, historically not exactly known for their defense. Isaiah Spiller did it against the SEC, which is 
50% of the NFL. And there are ungodly amounts of draft picks on every single defense in that conference. So that, that that's another thing is he did it. He was productive at a very young age in the SEC. Listen, co- combines will kill people from time to time. Did it with DK Metcalf, did it with Dalvin Cook, you know, it, it, and tons others. And sometimes that comes to fruition. It, it, it is it is the red flag gets propped up, and it's like the giant ones outside of Bell Tire that are like the size of a county. But other times it's just overblown. It's just people talking to talk. So I'm with you. There are definitely red flags. I like me some Isaiah Spiller. I will probably have a lot too, unless we're correct and he gets that draft capital and hops right back up and everybody will forget this happened. And they'll go right back to saying how good he was. Well, you got to go watch the tape. But then for a month, they didn't want to talk like that. All right. Well, we're in agreement. So those are the guys who has the red flags that that we're going to ignore. Now, the next set of red flags. So who's the rookie's red flag that you will be overly sensitive to and, and miss out on? Like you, you just will not be able to pull the trigger where the dynasty space as a collective will have this person going. Who will Jerry just say, I can't ignore the red flag and I'm going to pass. Well, this one was pretty easy for me, actually. Um, So we did our first mock draft on February 22nd and combined, we took this man sixth. And then we did another one on March 29th. Luckily I write all this stuff down, write her down as baby. And we took him fifth. So he's a guy that we think is pretty high. Well, he's pretty good. He's going to get draft capital. He's getting a lot of hype. It's Drake London, though. He scares the absolute hell out of me. I am not a huge fan of jump ball guys. And like I said, I came a little prepared today. And I have a tweet with some stats for you. And this comes from Scott Barrett at Scott Barrett DFB. If you're on Twitter, you probably already follow him, but if you don't, you should. So as the tweet says, top wide receiver seasons by percentage of receptions coming on contested catches. So this is power five from 2017 until 2021. Number one, Nikhil Harry. Number two, JJR Sega Whiteside. Number three, Jalen Rager. Number four, Drake London. Number five, Denzel Mims. Randy, there is a whole hell of a lot of rookie hype in every single one of those. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is probably the only one that wasn't a rookie first-round pick in most. Harry, Rager, Denzel Mims almost certainly were for the most part. And then Drake London sitting there. That scares the hell out of me. He is a person that is not what the NFL has been looking for in the ability to get tons of separation and to make yards after the catch. He is very much a contested, you know, jump ball, contested catch sort of guy. Scares me, Randy. And even, and I don't think he's Mike Evans. You know, it's one thing if you're Mike Evans, I don't see that. I think that's overblown. If you're a person that is very optimistic about Drake London for all of those things and for where he's going in rookie mock drafts right now and where he will probably go because he should get pretty good draft capital. I don't think I'm going to dabble in the Drake London game. I, I, I've been with you the entire time. So the PFF guys, uh, Mike Renner, who does their rookie rankings, 
he has he has Drake London as his wide receiver one in the class. Therefore, he's PFF's wide receiver one. But then PFF's own Mike, um, excuse me, Sam Monson has him as wide receiver five. The amount of pros and cons and fans that this guy has is amazing. Um, for, for me, I, I'm a little bit more concerned about the never played more than 10 games in a season since high school. Yeah. that That is a concern for me. Like we said on last week's show, you, you mean to tell me that you've never played 10, you haven't played 10 games in four years, and now you're going to play 16, 17? That is a red flag for me. Where do you think he'll go? Because I think the consensus right now in a 1QB, I think he's probably going top five. Yeah. I think, I think, I, it's, I think it's Walker and Hall, one and two. That's pretty much consensus at this point. Then you have that next tier of Garrett Wilson, and 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 Drake London and Alave and maybe Traylon Burke. So so there's your top six ish until Isaiah Spiller gets that you know yeah. day two draft capital. Then, then of course, I mean, how confident are you going to be pushing the button on Drake London in that range? It doesn't sound like you're going to be confident at all. No, I, it's unlikely that I will take him in that situation. Now, granted, don't love this class. Said it twelve thousand times. I'll probably say it at least another twelve thousand over the next couple of weeks. So there is a tier and there's a situation where I take Drake London. I'm just never going to feel good about it. It was like when Paris Campbell fell in drafts. Like, cause he, like I was a big DK Metcalf guy. And once you got past DK Metcalf, it was like, well, I'll take a shot on Paris Campbell. You know, he's going to the Colts. He got second round draft capital. I'll take it. And you know what I'm sitting on right now? I'm dropping Paris Campbell or, or I got him at the very bottom of my bench. Like it's just, I'm not saying that's the entire situation. We'll see, but I don't love it. I will probably avoid it, and maybe it costs me. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely could miss out on a Mike Evans-type type player. It's just one I'm not going to risk personally. All right, you're up at the 106, okay? I'm going to put you in a scenario. Okay. I like making this tough on you. Okay. One QB, the 106. Gone are both running backs. And Traylon Burks, and uh, who, who am I missing? Um, Burks and Wilson are gone. Alave's gone. Drake London or Jamison Williams? Jamison Williams, every time. You you seem very confident. Yes. Now I, I'm I'm hearing Jamison Williams get a lot of comps to like the the Henry Ruggs types. Okay. Does that does that not bother you? You would rather have him than than the the jump ball specialist. I mean. Because I heard if the Nikhil Harry comp, at least in, in some regards. Now he can get more separation than Harry, but yeah. Uh, but but your Jamison Williams, easy peasy lemon squeezy. Yeah, I mean, if I flip back in this notebook back to, I don't know, January or December or something, there will be something in there that says that I like Henry Ruggs. Now, granted, that situation changed very quickly, and it was on football related, so I I, I would be a fan of that situation. For sure. And I like Jameson Williams a lot more than I like Drake London. Not even close. All right. I, I think for me at that point, a draft capital is going to shake a lot of these guys up. And, so, and yeah, and where they land too. Don't get me wrong. But. The, the only wide receiver not moving for me, he's the 103 and a 1QB for me is Garrett Wilson. Not moving. 
You know, if, if someone said pick the one wide receiver out of this draft class that looks very much in line with what the NFL do is doing in 2022 from a wide receiver standpoint, it looks like Garrett Wilson. So, so for me, he so that's my one, two, three. Maybe London jumps up to my four. I don't know, but I'm with you. But my guy is Traylon Burks, and I I, I I love the big body wide receiver. I, I you you know how I am. You talked about um, you know I, I get some some Devonte Parker vibes with him. You know, I don't love a guy who's had, you know, admitted weight issues before. He's a big guy, too. He's 225 pounds. He's not a small guy. And to think that, and, and, you know, luckily for him, he does not have a significant injury record. He did tear an ACL in high school, only missed one game in college. So no real injury concerns, but that's a big man. And, you know, he, this is, these were his words. He admitted that he didn't work hard enough. And Jerry, do you know what I consider money? What's money? Miracle grow for who you are as a person. Like, like if, if, if you were an asshole and you hit the lottery, you're going to be a bigger asshole. If you are a hard worker and you love to build businesses, you're just going to open up and build more businesses because that's who you are. But, it, but but if you fight the tendency to be lazy and we give you $40 million, is it going to be even harder for you to fight the tendency to be lazy? I think that's fair. Th- that's what makes me nervous. And again, I think I'm going to wait and see what the NFL tells us about Traylon Burks. Here's another thing that I think is going to be a red flag. I think he's going to fall there to the early 20s to Dallas. Jarrah Jones, guy, your, your namesake. Mr. Jones is not going to be able to say no to Traylon Burks and Twitter and dynasty Twitter is going to collectively lose their minds. And because I'm, I'm going to look past the star on his helmet and the first round draft capital, and I'm going to just say, no, I'm not going to have a lot of Traylon Burks. I think that's fair. I mean, I think I like him more than I like Drake London. And I I think you're right. I think he's going to be, Someone that the uh, the the hive, the dynasty hive, is just going to to prop up to levels that are too high for me. That said, if he does land on the Cowboys, Randy, you're not going to be excited about it. No, I mean I am for Dak. I'm a big Dak guy, as you know. I think my Dak ranking in a super flex is going to be higher than consensus amongst our peers in the dynasty space. And I don't care. I think it's good for Dak. I think that's another weapon. But no, I, I, I just – and again, I never root against these guys. I want to be wrong with these takes, except for Isaiah Spiller. I really want that one to be right. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. going back to the patron for just a second, a little sidebar. So I called a sidebar, goddammit. Um, we had a question on our patron earlier about whether you should be trading away Antonio Gibson. And I won't give that part of the patron podcast away. But for me, it's like you start looking at the running back position in Dynasty. And Ryan McDowell recently posted this first round, excuse me, not first round, top 12 running backs in a startup. So running backs 1 through 12, and he posted their ages. Like six of them were 26 or older. 
I mean, we yeah. need Isaiah Spiller to be good. We need Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker to be good. We need some young blood at the running back position. So I just I just wanted to take that little sidebar there for, for a second, Jerry. So Traylon Burks, I think he's going to be going in that one. I, I think right now today, to be honest, I know he's your red flag guy, and maybe we can come to a consensus. I think today, me personally, without you as a co-owner, I think I'd take Drake London ahead of, of Traylon Burks. Okay. I mean, I don't – I mean, listen, I'm skeptical about Burks too. Don't get me wrong. But I, I just like him a little better. I mean, I would probably be looking to trade back, quite honestly. I think yeah, this is, yeah, I think, yes, I think, agreed. I, I think this is a spot, and I, I want to. I always like to use these conversations to help the listener use this. Now, if you are a believer in London, or you are a believer in Burks, you can use this conversation if that GM puts that pick on the board. Sure, because you know what, this is where you're using that next level thinking. You're like, look, pal. You're only putting this pick on the board because you don't want to make it. So I'm happy to take it off of your hands so you don't have to push that button, but I'm not paying an arm and a leg. Maybe you have the 108 and the 105 is on the board. And in years past, it may have cost you a second plus to move up those five spots, right? Hey, you know what? I'll give you a third. I'll give you a third this year and a third next year because nobody else wants it. So if you can pick up a little extra off of me, I'll let you do it. But I'm not going to overpay. Again, remind them why they put that pick on the board because you don't want to hit the draft button. I'll take I'll I'll take that off your hands, but I'm going to do it at a moderate price. That that's how you can leverage this pick. Let me let me ask another question just about this class in general as a whole. How many people are you excited to pick? In this class. Yeah. Two. Okay. So that's my number two. Now, granted, it could grow, you know, based on situation and draft capital. Okay. Yada, yada, yada. Who, who's who's going to land in a spot that's going to make you be like, yes. I, I don't know. But, like, you know, like, like, like I would be excited if Traylon Burks landed in Dallas. Now, granted, I am very much a C.D. Lamb guy, but I, I think it would be very good for him. And like Garrett Wilson and Isaiah Spiller. So there's a chance. But my point is like, once I get to like six people, like I don't, I, I'm good. There has honestly not been a rookie class that I have loathed more. Like, and maybe it's because we've just been seeing these mega stars come into the NFL and it just doesn't seem like we're going to get that this year. You know, maybe Brees Hall is, don't get me wrong, but. I don't know. This just smells way too much. Like we're just picking between crap and turds. Like I, I, I got Sterling Shepard and I got Corey Coleman and I got, you know, like Titus Young and I'm just trying to figure out which one is best. And I just, I, I, I don't love it. I don't love it. So I, I'm with you. So like, I'm not excited for a lot of them. And in general, I'm trying to move up. So I can guarantee one of these running backs, maybe the wide receiver one or two. And if I don't, I am, I'm out of it. I'm out of it. All right. Get, give me, give me the, the, the rookie with red flags that you're not hearing enough about. You're like, why aren't we talking more about player X's red flags? So what I wanted to do was I wanted to pick someone I liked. 
And that's the person I chose to go with. Now, I didn't go Kenneth Walker because we've talked about his pass protection and we've talked about his pass catching before. And I think Brees Hall's the 101, so I didn't want to do that. That leaves Garrett Wilson. So what, what are Garrett Wilson's red flags that I think more people should talk about while also liking him? Don't get me wrong. My 103. He's not a huge guy. You know, he, he's a sub 200. I mean, six foot, which is nice. Sub 200 pound wide receiver and not highly productive. Now, granted, he had great talent at, at Ohio State with JSN and with Chris Olave, but you're going to have great talent in the NFL. It's the NFL. And like even, even this year, you know, we got a 100-yard game, 100 yard game against Oregon. They allow 240 passing yards a game. So not the best secondary in the world. You go for 124 against Akron. Right, listen, I love Maction as much as the next guy, but it's the Mac. Maction's great, by the way. Maction is great. Do, do you, you got- do, little sidebar, do you know that the Maction gets more gambling dollars than like the average NBA playoff game? How wild uh, is that? People that love is, betting football. Yes, they do. It's a I degenerate mean, I, thing. I, I, I believe it too. So then you go to the Purdue game. You know, Purdue, not exactly known for defense, getting better at it. Um, then you have Michigan State, uh, historically the worst secondary in college football last year. He went for 126 yards. And then against Michigan, 119 yards, which very good defense, better at stopping the run than they are the pass, but still nonetheless pretty good. That's about it. I, I mean, he, he, he had some good games, but also – JSN absolutely outproduced him. And and you go previously, it's not awesome. So it just I, I, I want to be fair and I want to bring up red flags for even the players that I like. And he had a thousand yard season. He had seven hundred last year. He had four hundred the year before. Is that the kind of production that's one oh three worthy for a guy that's a sub two hundred pound wide receiver? I'm not going to listen to you come on this podcast and besmirch the good damn name of Garrett Wilson. I'm just no, saying, no, listen, no, no. I, I, I love you for it. I'm, I'm busting your balls, but I, no, I love no. you for it. It, it. Listen, it hurts my it soul a concern. too. Because I'm going to have a shitload of Garrett Wilson. Don't get me wrong, but I just I mean, want to be fair. Based on where where I you know, and, and I don't want to come across as like, oh, I've only got 101s or you know 112s because I, I won I so many leagues or. I executed the perfect productive struggle. I don't. I've got picks all over the board. I mean, I'm in like 18 dynasty leagues. Yeah. So I'm going to be picking everywhere. True. But but when it comes time to pushing the button on a wide receiver, I'm not going to be afraid to push the button. Jerry, you know what we've done a good job of tonight, by the way? What's that? Talking about one QB because too often we get deep down into the, the weeds uh, of super flex and we are, we are purists from time to time you know what we, we got to remember we're doing the show for these beautiful people and a lot of these beautiful people play one qb dynasty fantasy football and it ain't nothing wrong with that neither no nope. but but i i want to talk about malik willis okay it, it's like all of a sudden we, we 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 got his pro day and all of a sudden now we're wanting to put that man at 102 to your detroit lions yeah I, I, I don't get it. So one of my favorite, I guess he's a film grinder because he's been doing it for like 42 years as Greg Cosell. 
and, and, and you know, pe- people like Malik Willis because he has tools. And, and I was listening to Greg Cosell on a podcast, and he was like, if, if you told the average NFL quarterback coach that Malik Willis has tools, and they're like, okay, well, what are those tools? And they're like, well, he runs really fast and he throws hard. He's like, the average NFL QB coach is not going to be excited by that. You know, the, 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 red, the red flag for me is that he didn't dominate at Liberty. Aren't you supposed to dominate at Liberty? At least Carson Wentz, for all, all the, the issues that Carson Wentz has had since leaving the Eagles in his last year's, at least he did really well at North Dakota State. A, 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 am I right? You know, I mean, if you're going to go to small school, at least dominate, and he never did. Um, I, I just don't like it, and I, I think people are going to draft him based off the upside. And I think where he's going to go in rookie drafts versus where Desmond Ritter's going to go, if I need a QB, I'd much rather trade back and take that that same dart throw on a Desmond Ritter than, than I would on a Malik Willis. Um, I, I loved that. It was like if you told the QB coach that the, 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 the draft profile and the tools were running fast and throwing really hard, they wouldn't be super impressed, and I'm just not. And, and I think we look at him. Jerry, you, we talked earlier about being in the bar, right? You got to yeah. think back to those days of being single. Now, when there's not very many pretty women in the bar, if the prettiest one in there is a seven, doesn't she automatically get amplified to like a nine because she's the prettiest girl in the place? Absolutely. That kind of feels like kind of feels like what we're doing with Malik Willis. I, I'm with you. He's the prettiest. <laughs> he's the prettiest six or seven in this NFL draft bar, and and, and we much like and, and not just us as Dynasty Superflex gamers, but NFL GMs. You know, they're sitting beside each other. There may be two or three pops in. And they start elbowing in each other in the ribs. You're like, oh, it looks pretty good over there. And I'm like, are you sure? And they're like, give me one more Budweiser. It looks great. Looks great. And I think that's what we're doing with Malik Willis. I just can't do it. From a fantasy standpoint, you could get a Jalen Hurts season or two. I just don't think it's going to be long before we're talking about the team he goes to looking, looking for a replacement. I just can't get behind this guy. I just can't. You know, I purposely did not write down Malik Willis on anything on here because we. Is have, this where you know me so well? Ad nauseum, we have talked about Malik Willis and our. You know, I I don't like to agree with you all the time. It, it makes for a shit podcast for the most part. But here's the thing: this guy, Jarrett Stidham, transfers in and goes to Auburn. He plays at Baylor. Sits out a year. I stood him, but I don't believe him. Transfers to Auburn as Malik Willis comes in. So it's a QB competition, right? A guy who's a one-year starter, he transfers, not guaranteed the job. Malik Willis loses it. He stays. You know, it's not like Jarrett Stidham does anything great because he's Jarrett Stidham. Malik Willis still can't do it. So then he transfers to Liberty. And like you said, he's okay, right? Like, he does all right. I mean, he threw 12 interceptions this year. In I could, At I, Liberty. At Liberty. Not the SEC, right? No. I mean, here. Not the ACC? How, wait, hold on. I know he played at least, it was Mississippi, I think. Yeah, Mississippi. So he did throw three in that game, but he also threw three against Louisiana Monroe, three against Middle Tennessee State, and two against Louisiana. 
he was very much propped up by Eastern Michigan, um, which is historically one of the worst Division One programs in about 12 minutes from my house. Did very good against Old Dominion. Did very good against Massachusetts. I don't know. It just, it, he's, my man is too scary for me. Randy, and we're talking, we're talking, uh, listen, the Lions aren't taking them. For the love of all that is good, if they take them, I'm just, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to talk about it because I'm going to swear too much and YouTube is going to ban us and I'm not going to be allowed to be on the show. And I like to be on the show. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm just going to, when the Malik Willis picks get ready to go off the board, I'm going to trade back. Because I, I've, heard, I've heard other Dynasty services talking about how he should be going at the 103. Maybe even 101. the 101. That's what I'm saying. Um, no, 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 no. I'm good on that. Please, please, please. Now, here's the thing. If you're at the 104 and you feel compelled, fine. I yeah. don't I don't advise it. I don't I, I would much rather push that button at like one oh seven or eight. It's 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 just not for me. My goodness, if I could move the one oh four for Kirk Cousins and like the one twelve, I would love to do it. Because maybe I could get Desmond Ritter at one twelve. Maybe he falls. Hell, I'll take Kenny Pickett. I'll get two QBs for the price of one. I just I, I don't understand. I just can't I can't invest that kind of capital. You you have to hit your first. You just have to. That's especially, how, if, where you, especially where you're going to have to take him, which is an early first. You're, you're going to have to take a first half of the first round of your rookie picks. I just don't understand where we came from, where this draft class was as blatantly a bad quarterback class as any that have ever existed in, in, in modern dynasty football, EJ Manuel year aside. And now that we are on the precipice of the draft, we're going to take these guys super early. I just, I, I, I can't do it. It's, it. it's like the draft class I mentioned earlier, 2016, the, the wide receiver. Like, it, I feel like we're looking at Josh Doxson and we're going, okay, well, you know, he's one of the best of the bunch. Let's take him at 104. And if, you, and if you didn't play Dynasty in 2016, that was a real thing. Corey Coleman, oh. Sterling Shepard. You've been hearing Sterling Shepard's name, but if you haven't played Dynasty, if you weren't there when he was a rookie, let me just tell you, Sterling Shepard was a 102S candidate behind Ezekiel Elliott in a lot of leagues. I just, I, it, it, we're, we prop up rookies just because they are rookies and it's rookie draft season. And that is not what we always need to do. We need to make the best situations as a total, in totality. That's what we're here to do. Everybody else is bringing you rookie sunshine and a rookie puppy and a rookie rainbow. And a, and a, and a, I even grabbed on one of my own guys today. And, 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 and we're here to keep it real. We're just going to keep it real. So I think what we'll do, Jerry, is next week we need to do a mock draft. We need to try to get a hold of Dallas. We need to get Dr. Kyle in here. We need to do a three-round final pre-draft three-round rookie mock draft with the boys. Maybe we'll get a hold of Kyle from the FF SmackDown. Maybe we'll get like six guys. We'll take two teams each, and uh, we'll do a little mock draft. And what do you say? Listen, you know damn well I'm ready for that. Always ready for that. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna feel a lot better pushing the draft button when it's a mock as opposed. You know, it's always easier to spend someone <laughs> else's true. money. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, they're like what like the Sims. Remember the video game The Sims? Mm-hmm. When you could just build these god awful, ugly, 
creations out of nowhere and you're like, oh, it doesn't mean anything. It's not real. That's kind of how I feel about these mock drafts because there's, no, but, but you know why you do mock drafts? It helps what? the listener. Cause yeah. at some point we're all me, you, them, we're all going to be on the clock. And at some point we're not going to be able to trade out. The time clock's going to be expiring and we've got to push the button. And then we'll do a couple of post NFL draft mocks and, and we'll get you ready for your rookie drafts, uh, Jerry. But I, I think we have some more dynasty, some more dynasty goodness to go record over at patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. Absolutely. So if you want to get in on that, go to patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. And I will just throw a quick shout out to our athletic apparel sponsor, Hate Brand Goods. Go to the iTunes App Store, go to the Google Play Store, search HVIII.com. You can get the app. And it's so much easier than ordering off of the interwebs. Jerry, do you have anything for these people before we get out of here? No, man. Let's just let us keep the hype building towards the draft because we are so close. We are so close to the Lions Super Bowl. I'll be man. so you know, it, it, it's 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 kind of like the opposite of Christmas. It's kind of like what I've been going through at work. You know, um, it, we're in the middle of our busy season. We got about another four weeks left, and I just want it to be over. That's yeah. kind of because. Because we really need this NFL draft to be over. I do want to give a shout out to James and and Randy and let's see David and all the guys in the chat. Man, the chat was lit tonight over on YouTube, YouTube.com. Search Dynasty Warzone. Thank you for participating. And uh, Jerry, what do we do here at the Dynasty Warzone? What are we trying to make the world? Melissa, Randy, here at the Dynasty Warzone. We're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football, man. We are, in fact, we'll be back here later in the week with the FF Smackdown, our boy Kyle. And uh, you never know what else we may have going on. So on behalf of that man, Jerry Sinclair, you can follow me at DWZ Memphis. Follow the show everywhere. Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, Dynasty Warzone. Hook us up. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye, guys. Pretty good looking. Tell us a little bit about Hate Brand. When did that start and uh, how are things going with it? Things are good, man. Uh, that started in October of 2014. So now, give or take seven years into doing whatever this thing is. And um, that's apparel company I started then and wanted to start making some clothes that I wanted to wear is really where it started. It start, and, uh, did it start more with you writing something first? Like, yeah, you, yeah. like uh, was it like an ebook or something that you put out or? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a book, and then we made an ebook. So I wrote a book in 2010 of uh, how to train for the Highland Games called Training Lab, and one of the sections I wrote about in the book is called the Hate. And this was just this kind of personal philosophy I had that my brother and I had spoke about, um, just with athletes that we admired, and it was these guys that just you know still on top, still still willing to do the work to get better. That it seemed their concern was always about them getting better to their standard and mm. not about what had to do with anyone else. So they didn't hate and other it was people. This idea that you, you see those guys get up in the morning on like 4 a.m. and it's, yo, that dude hates himself more than me. That guy's <laughs> willing to put in the work. He's willing to do it. And so from that point on, it was about like, I'm all right with getting beaten by someone better than me, but I'm not willing to be outworked. Do an analysis on is that draft analysis you're doing? No, I mean when I thought you say he could have been a bust. What does that mean? I, because I I thought he was a borderline starting running back, and he's put up some really good numbers this year. He has exceeded expectations. How many different plays did you watch on the all twenty two to assess that as a scout? 
I just looked at his yards per rush overall and that he's above average. And, 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 and a lot of times Pittsburgh runs the ball in obvious running situations, and he still put up good numbers. Socrates once said, you can write this down, Steve, a man who knows what he doesn't know knows a lot. You do not know scouting. Please don't try to scout bus or anything like it. Fair enough. That's the danger of trying to be happy. And this is what the radio guys do. I'm not going to name any names, but this is what the radio guys do. Tell me if you can recognize this. Oh, his arm. Oh, you see his mobility in the pocket? They, what they do is they pick up a few phrases, a few of these kind of scout phrases. If it was NBA, it'd be wingspan. Hmm. And they sprinkle them in, and it's like a little infection. It's like an infestation of termites in their brain. Because what happens is you stop knowing what you know, and you start thinking, maybe I should scout this. You know what I think? The time I do the worst in anything is when I try to adopt something and I'm not ready for it yet. I just know it an inch deep and I start interspersing it into what I typically do. Oh, that's dangerous. So I don't want to hear, if you want to go to scouting school, and this is what I always tell all the wannabe scouts, right? Call up your local NFL team. I'm talking about these national radio guys, local, whatever. Call, if you were a former scout, I trust you, all right? You got it. But if you're not... Call up the local team and say, I want to scout for you pro bono. All I need is access to the facility. I'm going to show. And obviously, if it's going to be some video thing on Twitter, maybe they let a big name in there. Give them another name. Just say you're Jim Smith from uh, KK or uh, KLM in, in Los Angeles or whatever. I don't even know if that's a station. <laughs> I'm just making up numbers or letters. And see if they let you in. You know what? They will, they'll hang up on you. Because they've got people that actually been in football 30 years doing this. But somehow these people go, come on air and they start talking about being a scout. Because they're talking arm strength and mobility. You don't know. I promise you, you don't know. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak